Welcome to the Daily Bolster. Each day we welcome transformational executives to share their real-world experiences and practical advice about scaling yourself, your team, and your business. Welcome to the Daily Bolster. I'm Matt Blumberg, co-founder and CEO of Bolster, and I'm here today with Martina Lachengo. Uh, Martina is a partner at Costa Noa Venture Capital. Uh, she is also a partner at Silicon Valley Product Group and has had a storied career, if you don't mind me saying that, at, uh, Thank you. <laughs> in, in mostly in and around product marketing at some of uh, the most iconic technology firms of our lifetime. So I am thrilled to have you here, Martina. Thank you, Matt. So uh, the question that I wanted to ask you today for our audience is, um, around sort of the tension between founder vision or CEO vision and market reality. And, um, you know, the, the, it, it comes as first nature to most founders to lead with vision and try to, you know, sort of push vision on the market. Um, but there always comes a time where you have to listen to the market as well and let the market drive decisions in the company. And, I, you know, the conventional wisdom might be, well, early stage, the founder is pushing. And then when it comes to incremental feature enhancements, it's more about the market. But I'm curious for your view on this. When when is it right for the founder to push vision on the market? And when is it right to listen to the market? I have a strong point of view on this. And I would actually say it is always critical to connect your vision to the market at all times. So it's not like at this stage, it's one and then another stage, it's, it's the other. And I'll be specific about what I mean there. So when I was on the office team, they had a particular vision around how productivity apps, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, the last two of which no one thought they needed because they're like, I already have a work processor. Why would I need a spreadsheet thing for business analysts? And presentation graphics was literally for like, oh, that's for some CEO doing a keynote. Nobody was using it. But they realized if they tied individual office worker productivity to, hey, if you have these other tools that are already on desk, if you know how to use one, you might actually find use in all these others. So Excel became the thing to use, do a lot of listener project management. And PowerPoint is now used way more than Word is inside of companies because they tied it to office worker productivity. If you want to get the most out of your workers, if you have all of these tools on their tool uh, on their desk and they know how to use, if they know how to use Word, they know how to use them all, then it actually could be adopted. If they'd just gone out to the world and said, hey, everyone should have all of these tools on their desks, people could, of course, set a hard now say, no, we, we don't believe that. So, so they had to couch it in a way that made the market realize that they needed this. And the way I might articulate that is you're like, right now we're having this moment where AI is all anyone's talking about. AI is right. not new. And then some. <laughs> yes. And AI is not the why. What it is, right. is what are people better able to do? What is the productivity enhancement that's expected now that we have this tool available to us? So if you attach into that wave of how might I be doing my job better and how you might be using, connecting into that AI world so that people can be better and smarter because of this wave that they know they have to be taking advantage of. That is what makes people pick up their heads and pay attention. We just had a company yeah. in our portfolio, the customer portfolio Notable, that basically launched a chat GPT no, um, yeah. plugin. And it wasn't about like, hey, we've launched this plugin. This is totally awesome. It was 
everyone's trying to take advantage of ChatGPT. There are all these plugins that let you actually enhance what you're doing so that you can do take advantage of this incredible game-changing technology faster. And because they were part of this larger ecosystem and didn't just talk about themselves, they were talked about by Satya Nadella and by Sam Altman at OpenAI. And it got massively adopted so quickly because they were attaching to something that was bigger. So that's where, as long as you are, as your why is part of something that is market-driven, then it makes it relevant to everyone. Your vision suddenly becomes relevant to everyone else. So my point of view is, no matter where you are, attach into show why your vision is part of what is relevant to the market. And that makes it so much easier for people to pick up their heads and say, now I'm curious. And you think that's true even for the most wildly disruptive or, uh, you know, sort of groundbreaking things. Like if you think back to um, Mark Andreessen creating the first browser, there was no market. Same thing though. Yeah. Well, in that case, it wasn't because it's it tech today is a little different than it was then because it is now massively pervasive. And so it's it's easy to think, oh, if I have something totally disruptive and there's not this existing market, I need to create it. But you always have to insert why, because at this point, we're displacing technologies or we're displacing right. a way of doing things where tech is already part of the picture. And so in that case, it couldn't just be like, hey, there's this cool thing that lets you navigate the web. Isn't that awesome. It wasn't until there were websites that were worthy of navigating to right. and people were seeing what they might be able to do with it, that it started to take off. So it really needed to be an and and not an or where the necessary pieces of the ecosystem need to be in place for people to see this is valuable to me. All right, Martina Lochengo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.